So where we leave off? So Steven Jackson was saying that, that they're like twins or whatever. Um, they developed a relationship. I did hear that maybe a couple of weeks ago he had sent him something. He sent him a package. Oh. Which is just, I don't know. I don't believe the coincidences, but that's just me. I'm a ten do you know, I'm a ten for you do rag wearing ass nigga, so Yeah. <laughs> but that's despite that is kind of funny, that, you know. I mean, what do you think? Um what do you think the message is here? Cause I mean, you think about it, um, it seems like as soon as this riot happened, like the whole COVID thing was like null and void. Um, no one cared about nothing. And so a lot of people wasn't really, really wearing masks. And honestly, like, you know, that could just be, that could be like a crazy way for that thing to spread just like that. Well, and people that just went over there and did that. Um, so I missed some part in between because the video cut out again and the audio cut out. But I think you were saying like, like how did, like how did people just completely forget about the pandemic in the midst of like, you know, racial and social injustice that we face? I mean, I want to say like on a daily basis, it's been happening. I, I guess my answer to that is that like, all right, so Breonna Taylor happens in February. We're like, okay, like this situation is probably like like one of the worst situations to happen in like the last four to five years because she wasn't doing nothing in her house, just enjoying herself in, in her own company. Mm-hmm. And the police officer just kicks down her door and shoots her dead. And then her boyfriend... Come on, man. Hello? Yeah. My okay. video keeps on cutting out for whatever reason. I like like I I have no idea why that's happening, but my video is like in and out. I can't seem to have Zoom stay up for whatever reason. So you said that um now her boyfriend. I'm talking about um her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah, so her boyfriend was just trying to defend her. And like he ends up shooting him and they charge the boyfriend, but not the cop. And I mean, thank God, like the, the charges from uh, the boyfriend was dropped. Um, do you remember what had happened? with the officer like was he was he properly charged like did he get did anything happen to him like did he lose his job like i doubt it um probably another paid leave situation um but yeah like you know this this is like a storm right now where it's just gonna see a lot of racial incidents like um even the central park thing where um you know that girl was um that lady was walking her dog or whatever and I guess she was walking in without a leash and then she, you know, threatened to call the cops on this dude. And it's just really strange that their their last <clears throat> that both of their last names was the same. And um I'm not sure if you ever ran into a white person with the same last name as you, but it's a very awkward conversation. 
And some yeah. of you were saying that that made it might have been staged, like some some juicy smoye shit or something. I don't like. I really don't know. Like, I wouldn't say it was staged because like there's so many other stories like about this youth pastor that was like about to get caught. Like, I don't remember like what he was doing, but something illicit, like something illegal. And he had claimed that like, like he had called the cops to say like black people were assaulting him or something like that. Then there was another case about a mother who was trying to kill her autistic or mentally disabled son um, by drowning him. And she was trying to blame it on two black men or whatever, say that they kidnapped her son and like, like killed him or something like that, which is just a, it's disgusting from a point of a parent. B is disgusting from a point of like, how do you just randomly just accuse, like, because they know they know that's what the police are gonna respond to, like it being a black person as it opposed to it being any other race. So that's how they raise the tension, and that's how they get more attention from their situations that in most cases aren't even real. They're just fabricated. Yeah, it's and it's only going to get worse. I mean, because, I mean, it started early because, like I said, there was no NBA. So they're trying to get a jump on things. But, yeah, you're going to see a lot more stuff in the media. And a lot of it is orchestrated. A lot of it has been, you know, oh, so we're going to just roll this out. Oh, we're going to set these people up. We're going to pay these people to do X, Y, and Z. Because that happens all the time, like, in, like, natural disasters and, mass shootings and all this other stuff there are people sometimes you'll you'll recognize people from oh yeah this person was at the last you know mass shooting or school shooting or whatever you know they they um they have like almost like a task force to do certain things just to push a certain agenda and it's like why like why do that why create these these racial tensions and stuff like that what's the end goal for that some would say it's a race war, but they've been talking about that for like at least fifty years. So, so. Well, yeah, like I don't think I think since the civil rights movement and before that, like we've always had to fight, like for like social injustices against us. So, like I don't know why, like I mean, not us as black people probably think this, but it's probably other people of color or white people that just naturally think that because you know we had a civil rights movement in the '60s, and you know like some things changed and like we was able to congregate together with black people and white people together at that i mean it made a change it definitely made a difference but we still getting killed dead in the street like it's still like like a glass ceiling for for not only black men but definitely black women in this like and definitely in the corporate environment more than anything like we have to work twice or three times as hard to get to the same place like a white man would be. So, and from from history, we can't even create our own spaces that won't really get bothered or touched like that because back in Tulsa, in Oklahoma in 1926, we had Black Wall Street. We had infrastructure. We was making our own money. Like we was investing in our own communities and all these racist, all these racist ass yuppies and these KKK members came and burnt that shit down because they couldn't accept it. 
it's just a whole bunch of hatred. So I feel like, and I was talking to one of my brothers, and he didn't even respond to me after I said this, but we was chatting. Like, I guess because he didn't really know what to say, but, like, I was saying, like, we should build another Black Wall Street. I'm just thinking in my head, they probably, the cops would just come and just, like, terrorize that, that place the same way and harass that place the same place, and they might even burn that shit down. So, I mean, going back to, I feel like, what we what we, we were speaking about during our last podcast, like, I mean, our last episode, is that, is there even, like, a place for us to be here in America? Is there, is, is there a place, like, well, no, like, I, I don't know, like, like, I don't feel like there's a place where, where we're accepted. I feel like there has to be a mass exodus, which sounds crazy, but, like, like if we had like a mass exodus like anywhere besides here, like, I feel like that would that'd be really impactful. But that takes a lot of like time and takes like you know people don't want to do that. So here's the thing, because I've definitely heard that. Um, now the wild thing is, there's enough land in America to for everybody to have their own sections, their own areas, their own states. And, you know, habitate, if you will. Now, yeah. the thing is, it's crazy because a lot of, a lot of black people were here already before Columbus and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard so many different stories about it um, as far as, like, what sense did it make to be in Europe, go to Africa, bring that all the way over there on boats, have, like, a good percentage die in transit. We could just enslave the people that's already there already. In theory, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean... Hate isn't practical anyway, but that's just bad business. But, you know, <laughs> we've been told what we've been told, and, you know. So, you know, the fact that there are people that were born here first, and even Columbus said, like, the people here were brown-skinned in his memoirs, along with the other weird things that he was into. Um. <sighs> Little boys and such, little boys, little girls, that kind of thing. Raping and pillaging—that's what they came here to do. Yeah, so you know, it's um, so to do that, to basically be finessed out of your own land, is wild. When like you were here, you were here first. If you weren't here first, then you built it from the ground up. Your ancestors' blood, sweat, and tears. So it's like. Why do I got to leave when you're the intruder? Yeah, but they're never going to leave because they because they control a lot of the money and and a lot of the infrastructure that like that that we use all these large corporations. But yeah, like continue what you were saying. I don't want to like interrupt your thought. No, I get you. And honestly, I think what it really boils down to, and I tweeted this, is like I feel like for the most part, black people just want to be left alone. Now, the thing is, we need to figure out a way to enforce our demands. I want to be left alone. 
And if we're not left alone, these are the consequences. Now, what do those consequences look like? I mean, you know, strapping up is definitely something that I would um, definitely encourage. And I don't believe in condoms. Um, <laughs> you know, um, that's definitely something. Um, having some sort of tactical training. Um, consequences. Having like your it. own militia. Okay. Oh, you wasn't able to hear me? Well, yeah. The last thing I heard you say was that, like, what does that look like? Like, like, what are the consequences? And you, and I feel like you were getting, the first thing I heard you say when I got back on was like us getting our own militia. Yeah, that's what we needed to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, but not just because honestly, like if we had our own militia and other people do that, other people have their groups that, you know, act on their behalf. You'll yeah. see certain neighborhoods not saying no names and not like that because you're not trying to get the video flagged or whatever. Yeah. Um, because that does happen. Where you'll see in certain parts of New York that shall remain nameless, <laughs> you'll see school buses with their insignia on the side of it. They have their own school buses, they have their own schools, they have their own banks, they have their own police force. They play by their own rules. They have their own jurisdiction. It's very possible to do the same thing. So, yeah. again, it's just about organizing. Now, the problem is, is that, you know, we have an ego problem. We have an ego problem, and we're also in an abusive relationship with white people. 100%. what it is. Um, there's some people that hate white people so much but can't not talk about them. You hate these people, you despise them, but yet you can't stop talking about them. Even if you were to, you know, get the freedom that you've been talking about, you still, you still talk about like, man, I'm so glad we got over Whitey. I'm like, yo, we're over Whitey. So why are you still bringing it up? Yeah. It's like that, it's like that dude from the 40 year old version. It was just like, man, I hate my ex. I'm like, that was four years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you still bringing her up? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's really, you know, developing a knowledge of self and realizing that, like, why are you putting all this emphasis on somebody? Why are you putting these, these group of people on a pedestal that breathe the same air, bleed the same blood, and can't be in the same sun as you? Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, there's that, you know, it needs to be a mentality change. It needs to be a, um, we need to really develop a, a sense of, um self-sufficiency okay yes we what do we manufacture what do we build from the ground up you know what kind of food can we, what kind of crops are exclusive to us um i heard somebody say uh talking about you know the whole concept of why we're so we're so lax and chill is because back in africa you could live off the land you didn't need to conquer anything because everything was right there. Now in these other yeah. climates, there wasn't that. You had to fight for things. It was a, a level of competition and survival. So that's why they felt the need to go to other places to get things because their homeland didn't serve them. 
our homeland serves us perfectly fine. So they've just been going from place to place, you know, looking to find a place that they can call home while intruding on the people that already live there. Yep, that's how it goes, bro. So it's a sad cycle. It is. And like I said, I've seen this movie before several times now. Um, it happens every year, especially during an election year. That's when they really ramp it up. They, they run the same play. Yeah, they run the same play over and over again. It's just like, yo, like, come on. Like, they're obviously nah. going to do a quarterback sneak. Like, <laughs> come on, B. <dude. laughs> so, you know, it's um, the best thing, the best word of advice I can give people of the melanated persuasion is to get your house in order. Um, be very well, immerse yourself in the concept of, of you know, law. You know, know the terms, know your rights in your local state, know your local carry laws in your state. Um, you know, make sure that you have everything legit in case, you know, it goes down. Um, you know, the fact that I saw someone say that basically the fact that they burned down that target, like, I wonder how many people are going to starve now once, you know, there's the second wave hits and there's a food shortage and, you know, they can't go nowhere. They're going to ask the same people that they protested for help. And that's another thing. We have an abusive relationship with white people and have an abusive relationship with the cops. Well, well, no, no. Here's it. Here's what what really should happen and this is going to be a real test of like our celebrities and our leaders who are leaders within the black community now if if they really understand like the outrage they really understand like the pent-up like aggression and emotions that we feel back in or behind like the rioting and the looting and stuff when it comes time for a second wave to come and then they're not able to get certain valuable resources there should be people like Diddy, people like Jay, people like, I don't know, like the, these artists and these like millionaire business tycoons, like they should be the one that's leading the charge as far as helping these people. And like, I, I've seen a little bit of it happen already. Like, like, like I've seen, you know, Kaylani and Diddy and Seth Rogen and like all these other artists, uh, Smino, like donating a thousand dollars to like the miss <clears throat> the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which is probably gonna go mostly towards just ban- which is oh wait here now here's another thing right I feel like most of that money right it's probably just gonna go towards bailing a whole bunch of people out like that got caught up during the riot and that's gonna go back to the state. And we already know, like, that the police chief that's been there for years, like, is probably going to, like, some of that money is probably going to go to the police department. And whoever is, like, the state official, whoever's the mayor, whoever is, like, part of the Senate, the people in the House, it's, it's, they get to control how the money is distributed. So, I mean, like, I, like, I really don't know what the yeah, so fuck like, is going to happen. really do shit. Did you really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that that's part of the cycle. It's just gonna go back. They're probably just gonna build another fucking target, and it's just gonna go right back to normal. 
So let me tell you something. Um, I would say 99.9% of celebrities, especially black celebrities, are ops. Because if you think about where do they get their money from? They get the money from Mostly Hollywood. white people? Yes. Hollywood's the media. Yeah. The media is putting all these images in front of you in the first place. Matter of fact, during the times that it's not going down, they're making movies already prepping you to subconsciously prepare for what they're about to show you anyway. Yeah, for real. And if you think about it, these niggas is actors. Of course they act like that. Speaking of actors, did you hear... Did you hear Shameek Moore, the guy that plays uh, Miles Morales in that um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie, talking about like, oh, like, like how, like, as a black man, like, like, how could you be in fear or whatever? Like, yeah, like we're gonna think about this now, but like in a couple, I don't even remember what he said, but he, like, he just he was, it sounded like he was caping for the white man. It sound like like Spider Man, Black Spider Man was caping for the white man. That shit I'm not cool with. So here's my thing with that, and I would have to actually see the whole thing to get the full context. Um, Same, like I don't remember everything he said, but I just know it was wild. This is recycled video that's been circling around. I've seen it like last year, maybe the year before. I'm just thinking it looks just like Shaq with dreads, very dusty looking dreads, like from like a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> talking about I'm not a threat I'm not this I'm not that and I'm sitting there like this is why you can't fully be mad at women for swirling because it's like this is the ultimate sign of weakness I've ever seen why are we constantly Bro. trying to make ourselves appear less threatening less whatever and Fuck then that, bro. they keep getting pressed on they keep getting beat up on because you're making it seem as if oh it's sweet over here facts like we gotta press our foot on their fucking neck next time like and like i really hate to be like that but that's that, that's the type of energy you're coming with that's the type of energy you're gonna get right back like and i i really wish somebody would have punt kicked that man right in his fucking head like and that probably would have stopped that whole <laughs> That probably would have stopped that whole shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I've seen videos of black dudes beating up on cops. It's, that's been circling around too. And ain't nobody get shot. That. Ain't nobody get shot. Because they no. don't want to throw hands. Yeah. So the black dude get put right in shit. <laughs> yeah. Right in shit. And then I see well, another one, yo. like another fight going on. And again, like, they're not, they're not shooting. Because again, it's like, it's a mass crowd. It's like, it's too many moving parts. It's too many variables. It's too many opportunities for friendly fire. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, when you're in a group, when it's like an isolated situation where it's just like one, like a bunch of them against you, or, you know, they got you on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, you know, anything can happen. But when you're in a group of people, when it's like a group of y'all, and everyone's like not with it because the thing is like people don't realize that we outnumber them we do like the fact that they're able to come to the hood they can come in numbers but if everybody 
is standing their ground and they're not with the BS, what they going to do? That's sure. You know what? I feel like it would be so easy for, like, not, not super easy, but, like, I feel like it would be, like, it'd be much easier in New York for Black people to, like, congregate and build together most of the people they have in Harlem, like, and build off that, like, like all the Chinese people that are in Harlem, they together. They have their own businesses. They buy from their own personal businesses. Like, the, the Italians do the same thing. Mm-hmm. The Jewish folk do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck? Why the fuck are we always going to like a Chinese store, or going to an Italian store, or going here or there? Like, where? Like, like, how come? Like, we don't have like our own infrastructure. We don't have our own people like to buy from because they don't really have like because the cops don't want to come into these neighborhoods. They're strict to come in these neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. There was another point I was gonna make, but like I, I had lost that. If it comes back, I'll be sure to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the thing is, like, you're not seeing, you're not seeing cops in Chinatown, and even like the situation where like somebody and a certain group of people that I refuse to mention, somebody had a funeral, the streets was flooded. The cops showed up, but they ain't do nothing. They was just there they, for decoration. They, they didn't do nothing. It was there for decoration. So, and the funny thing is, there was a situation, I think it was in the 80s, where somebody was, there was, a, I guess, an accident where somebody was, you know, killed in a, uh, in a situation. And they raided the, police, um, the precinct. They pulled up mad deep overwhelming force and they got it popping in the precinct that's wild and since then i haven't seen you know what i'm saying they they set that example you know and we need to really and i've been saying this for like the longest to the point where like i'm blue in the face what are the consequences for harming one of our own you know thinking about the dude and i'm so mad the name is escaping me right now the dude in um, right outside Atlanta in Georgia, who was jogging. Ahmaud Arbery. Yes, Ahmaud Arbery. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this happened in like February, and during Black History Month. And, Facts, and bro. you know, then now just getting media attention. And I was talking to somebody who shall remain nameless. And I was like, yo, like, before this even went viral, like, I'm sorry, they would have been digging mass graves for his family because there ain't no way in hell. What are the consequences? Are you with the smoke? <laughs> Do you really want the smoke? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's... Because, yeah. and it's just so crazy how we have all the smoke for each other, but when it comes to an outsider, what we really need to smoke for, we don't have it. And that, again, we ties back to the... We can't band together for nothing. You know, that's why we have the abusive relationship between white people and us and us and the police. And the other thing that's another factor is the fact that niggas is for sale. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody was talking about how, everyone was talking about unity, but back in the sixties, there's never been so many agents and snitches and double agents and stuff like that. 
Like yeah. Martin Luther King's photographer was working with the feds. The person that supplied the Black Panthers with their ammunition was with the feds. Matter of fact, one of um, Martin Luther King's associates was working for the FBI and the CIA at the same time, and they both didn't know about it till till much later. That's wild. How you a double double agent, nigga? That that nigga a triple agent. <laughs> so I'm saying, just mad untrustworthy. Like, so why? Why did the why did the why did the nation of Islam kill Michael kill Malcolm X? Why did that happen? I that, think that's what that, happened, right? I think with that in particular, that was a group effort to where the um the feds were instigating things between Malcolm X and the nation. You know, letters were getting intercepted and stuff like that, reworded and stuff like, you know, they were doing all of this stuff. Like, the feds are like at least 10 years ahead of us when it comes to like technology and what they can do. So if you think about, like, oh, this is coming out. When you see like those videos about, oh, they got robots to do X, Y, and Z. Niggas been had that. They're just now showing that it may be available to the public. Think yeah, about everything that your phone could do right now. Like yeah, they've been had that technology. Like, like the military had the internet, if I'm not mistaken, back in the seventies. That's nuts. Testicles. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, um what was my point? You know, they have all this stuff already. So, you know, they were instigating things and they didn't just do this with just Malcolm and the Nation, they did it with the Panthers, they did it with like pretty much everybody. Like J. Edgar Hoover goes on my um my Mount Rushmore fuck niggas. Him, Cecil Rhodes, um, Leopold, and Bill Gates. But that's another story Back. for today. Yeah, what about yeah. Reagan? Fuck that nigga too. Nah, he yeah, he's he's up there, but like I guess he's honorable mention. I'll say that. <laughs> but like those people, they just did everything. Like their body counts was crazy as far as like how many just the stuff that they did is just ridiculous. So um yeah, Jay Edgar Hoover has been dismantling black movements from Marcus Garvey, who was born a hundred years to the day before I was, to the Black Panthers. So from like well, the late eighteen hundreds, well more so like um like the early nineteen hundreds up until like the 60s, 70s. That's a long period of time of being a fuckmaker. <laughs> Thanks, bro. So, you know, they were doing that kind of stuff. And then the fact that, you know, he was airing, Malcolm was airing dirty laundry, you know, as far as, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, you know, not keeping his, not practicing dick discipline, which is what I talk about all the time. You know, um, the thing was, what made Malcolm so powerful? He it was cut out. It cut out after you said the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but I know what you was getting at. See, <laughs> and, 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 and like that's probably like, I think that was part of the the problem. Like he was Malcolm X. He was he was too righteous. Yes, he was about that life, 
And the thing is, he like, was, he was too righteous for for any movement. So, like, when he tried to when he tried to tear down Elijah Muhammad's character, like, and that like ruined his relationship with the nation of Islam. They wasn't with his ass either. Exactly. That was his base for the most part. I feel to start. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of stuff going on. So I do understand, you know, as far as, you know, you end out the dirty laundry and stuff like that. And it's almost as if, like, you're biting the hand that feeds you because, you know, they took you, they cleaned you up and everything like that. But it's like, keep that same energy with how you, you know, practice what you preach. That's really what it boils down to. Like, you know, I'm not going to be on a platform talking about, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that. And then you catch me slipping, you know, with a car full of, you know, Caucasians and, and cocaine crop circles, like you're not gonna catch me ever with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's just not Facts, that's not what I do. Yeah. So not the wave. <laughs> so you know the fact that um he was living that life. While see, because Malcolm is the perfect was a perfect soldier as far as you know his dedication, his discipline, and everything like that. But it seems like when you're in a position of power, you're very corruptible. When you have that position, like you're, you're the head, you're the HNIC, that can get to your head. That can get yeah. you to, oh, taking liberty. That'll get you, you know, women are just throwing themselves at you. And it's like, eh, I guess, you know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> it's, and people don't realize how easy it is to be corrupted until you're in those positions. Like, yeah, you know, and I mean, shoot, the average nigga nowadays, they can't even turn down, joint down the street. Yeah, bro, like, the, these niggas, these niggas is willing to root for Trump and vote for Trump over $1,200, like, $1,200 extra popping in their pocket that these niggas probably spent in two, two, three weeks. Am I, like, I hate to say it, but, like, come on, bro. Like, you gonna start cooning and dancing for the white man because, because, Somebody gave you twelve hundred dollars. Like that's just crazy to me. So let me tell you right now, this this election, just like the last election, I'm <laughs> sitting out. This shit ain't got nothing to do with me, bro. I have no idea where I stand right now. Well, it's the thing. Like these, this is the white people's problem. White people is mad at, at Trump. I was like, okay. That's that's your problem. Like, I honestly, and I've I've searched for it. There's nothing that's like super. There's no crime bill. There's no crazy thing that like specifically was targeting black people for real, for real. I did see some things that you know they were trying to appeal more to the the black crowd as far as conservatives go, which black people typically, especially like you know most things that's like grew up in the church and stuff like that, they've always had conservative values. It's just, you know, the, yeah. the, nerd, the name has always been like, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, we're, we're conservatives. True. But, you know, we get liberal every once in a while when it comes to our women, our weed, and whatever. But, you know, we, we're very family-oriented. Now, this new generation, maybe not so much. You know, I've seen a lot of people talk about, oh, Stop asking me when I'm gonna have kids. You don't know how many miscarriages I had and blah 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 and Yeah, like nobody's 
Continue, continue. You know, it's it's just um, it's a lot. And the thing is, like, I, I've said this before: the best lie that you can tell is something that it's so messed up that if someone was to question it, you can demonize them. You caught that? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You said the best lie you can tell is? Something that's so messed up that if you were to question it, you know what I'm saying, then you're in the wrong. I can turn it back on you. Yeah. Prime example. Oh, I can't go to work. You know, I'm calling I'm calling in to work. Yeah, you know, my grandma just passed. I can't come into work. Now, if they tell me, oh, really? I don't believe you. You know what I'm saying? Now, legally, they say yeah. something like, yeah, we just need a um, we just need a, um an obituary. Sorry for your loss, whatever, whatever. And sometimes they don't even really say that. Cause that's a touchy subject. But yeah. I could be lying. But the fact that I'm lying and you question that is such a touchy subject that it's like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, think of all the crazy things that happen throughout history. Crazy atrocities, genocides, all of that. Not all of them happened the way they told it. They told it to you. But if you were to question it, of course not. But if you were to question it, then you're a terrible person. You're canceled. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. And I'm gonna leave it at that. What the hell were we talking about before? <laughs> um, we were talking about like I think black people not wanting to start families or whatever, or like nowadays and the younger generation, like for some reason it seems like I don't know. Oh, I remember. We said was like selling out. That was a point. Like, being hoes. Yeah, facts. And we, and we were speaking about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King as well. Now, yeah. the thing with Martin Luther King is, you know, the older I get, the more I'm really on rock with him like that. Um, because one, he's what's called a, uh, what they call nowadays as a blabbity black. He didn't really live, he, didn't, he really didn't live the nigga experience like that. He grew up in an upper middle class, you know, black neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Back when, you know, we had our own towns and everything like that because of segregation, we were forced to, you know, build ourselves up. He went to college, saw some things, and then he wanted to become an activist. Now, Malcolm X, on the other hand, he's lived that his whole life. He's lived the nigga experience his whole life. He's been in the streets. His father was murdered by the KKK. His mother lost her mind and was taken away because of the trauma due to the KKK and the constant torment and stuff like that and being black in America. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, real, realistically, like, if you were to um, parallel the black experience to, like, the, the thug experience, Malcolm, um, not Malcolm X, Martin Luther King was like Suge Knight. Suge Knight grew up in a nice neighborhood had a scholarship and everything like that. He had all that stuff. He's playing football. And then he decided that, you know what? Let me start smacking niggas. 
<laughs> and that's the same thing with MLK. He was just like, you know what? Nah, let me let me get some of this preaching money. Let me get some of this. You know what I mean? So Yeah. You know, it's um and there's other stuff too. You know, he was pretty much an op for the most part, and then he started to change his ways and kind of see the big picture. Um he wasn't killed by that gunshot. He was killed in the hospital and spit on. Wow. So, you know, there's a, um, like I said, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that they're rewriting history. You know, they tell you one version of something, but it's not really how, you know, things really happen. And it's very mm-hmm. important. Like if you, again, like you're just living long enough, you start to notice like, nah, this didn't happen that way. That's why, like, journaling and stuff like that is so important because, like, that's timestamps of exactly what happened, when it happened. You hear me? Yeah, we completely cut out. And, like you said, and it goes back to saying something like that? No, it's just saying, like, it's very important to, you know, to journal and, like, you know, take a timestamp of, like, what's going on. Because, yeah. Um, you know, they're going to try to rewrite history. 100%. fit their narrative. But back to the matter of hand, as far as like what we can do going forward, obviously document, you know, happenings in history. As far as, you know, this revolution stuff people be talking about, put your damn phones down. Start recording. You know what I'm saying? Stop giving the feds intel to what you have planned. 100%. Stop selling out, um, you know, have some sort of decorum and dignity within yourself. Um, know who you are. That that definitely helps. Um, I saw somebody actually, uh, she did something along the lines of, uh, she talked about if you're going to be out there protesting and stuff like that, or rioting, if you will, um, what to do as far as... Um, know how to prepare yourself you know making sure you carry in a bag make sure you're you're not wearing anything with logos that's identifiable you know dressing really generic making sure you're carrying gloves make sure that you have your face covered so they can't identify you don't talk to print don't talk to the press don't do anything like that so Mm. again i can't even really say everything that needs to happen because, you know, obviously this is also a public platform. Anybody can see this video. But, yeah, yeah move in silence. Stop announcing 100%. It. Most of the people that were, most of these movements that got shut down was because people were too vocal. They're talking about it too much. You think the people that run the world, that really run the world, are having public meetings, having niggas with, you know, they, they camera phones out and all of that? They're recording their meetings. No, we gotta, we gotta move like them. We gotta move in silence. Exactly, but the thing is, niggas also have an abusive relationship with the spotlight, with glory, with attention. We're creatures of the sun, so we always want to shine. It's it's a double edged sword. So, again, this mm-hmm. is about mastering your ego and realizing that I don't need to be at the forefront of this. I don't need to be that nigga. I don't need to be immortalize as some figure. I don't need to be a martyr for the cause, if you will. Like, I just need to move smarter and be strategic about it. I don't need to broadcast stuff. 
Like when I have like when I talk that talk for real for real, like I typically put my phone well far away from me. Like now, nah, let's let's have a walk real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I don't play those yeah. games. Because even if this phone is is off, it's on. Seriously. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't play those games. So, all right. I think it's time to wrap. Um, again, if people want to find you, where can they find you at? Um, they can find me on Instagram is kvon.d. Um, or you can check my business page, which is at K. Um, I'm working on my website right now. Um, if you have any inquiries, it's couchdownwithkay at gmail.com. Um, or if you want to add a voice message or, you know, quick little tidbit, that'd be nice. But, uh, Definitely reach out to me uh, if you're listening. And thank you, I am Duanus, for giving me your platform uh, so we can discuss current events on your podcast. No doubt, no doubt. You can find me where you found me at. And, um, you know, make sure you like, <laughs> subscribe, slander, all of that. Cancel me. I don't Slander. Care. Slander me. Cancel me. Facts. I'm trying to disappear from these niggas. Dead ass, bro. Till next time. Yeah, bro.